0: Welcome back to the Student Pages podcast. Uh very good to be here. Very happy to have Jaguar. How are you doing, Jaguar?
1: Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you?
0: I'm all right. <laughs> uh Jaguar, you are a you are a DJ. Mm-hmm. You have your own show. You have uh Represent Radio. You are you're a DJ on BBC introducing a BBC Radio 1 and uh you host the Mix Mag Lab every Friday. Yes, I do. Uh you are killing it. <laughs> you are absolutely killing it. Like, I'm do, busy. Do you feel like i do you feel like you're living the dream?
1: Um, I guess the dream for me is, as a very ambitious person, I guess it is to constantly be busy and to constantly be fulfilling my, dr- like my goals rather than my dreams. Mm. Um, so I guess in a way I'm happy with my progress, like especially the last sort of two three years. Um, that's when I started to take things a lot more seriously, and yeah, I'm really content with how it's going at the brilliant. moment. brilliant
0: because yeah. I live I live with three DJs right do you and they they're like they're like techno DJs and they'll, they'll do the odd night here and there but mm. I, I have no idea how a DJ is supposed to like break through and get on the radio man like that is that's crazy like when did you start mixing like what, what was the process for you to, to get where you are now
1: So I began at uni I went to uni in Leeds nice. and I did Leeds student radio. Nice. which I think is the best student radio station in the world. <laughs> and yeah, I, I literally, it was the first thing I wanted to do when I, that um, like in first year when I went to uni, I just really wanted to try radio. Didn't really have any, you know, ambitions with it. Didn't really realise you could even work in radio or what that could lead to. Um, and so did that, did a Friday night show called Dangerous Jag, um, <laughs> where I just played a lot of songs I liked. A lot of it was electronic stuff. I uh, Couldn't DJ at that point. And then... I did an internship with Radio 1 and one extra um, in my first year of uni, which, again, didn't expect to do. I just applied for it, like, ad hoc. And then ended up doing that, which was sick. And that sort of awakened this this drive and this, like, I realised you could get jobs in radio and media. And it just opened a lot of doors for me, like, personally and professionally. And from that, I sort of went back to uni and then just decided to start DJing started putting on club nights, started to take it a lot more seriously. Um, And yeah, that was, so that journey started about five, six years ago now.
0: Uni opens doors, people. It does,
1: it actually does. Like, (laughs) it really does even, it's not even about your degree necessarily. I did an English Lit degree. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I did sort of lose interest towards the end because I sort of found what I really wanted to do. Um, and it wasn't about the actual degree. It was about the whole experience. It was about the people I met. The you know the artists I was playing. The, the self discovery through radio. It was yeah, it was sick.
0: Nice. Yeah. That sounds like Leeds. See, I'm at UCL. There's no self discovery. <laughs> it's just misery and being poor. What do you study? I study French and Chinese. Wow.
1: Okay. How's it going?
0: It's um, it's tough. I mean, Chinese is tough. Yeah. French, i'm supposed to be going to france in a few days to live there for a year so i'm kind of scared about okay. that um chinese is just i just forget it all <laughs> you just one day you see a random squiggle and you know what it means and the next day you're like what, I, why why can't they just have an alphabet <laughs> um what did you well you studied english yeah. see i applied for english
1: did you What happened?
0: They were like, you can't. They were like, you can do the language that is furthest away from English as possible. That's how much we don't want you to do English. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I. How how did you How did you find it? English literature? Like, you 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 lost interest.
1: Well, no, I. uh, What's the basically? I've used this. I've used this metaphor before. Uh, Sorry, simile. If we're gonna talk about English literature, Uh, I would describe my relationship with my degree. It was sort of like a failed marriage by the end. Like, it was still there, we we still had affection for each other, you know, we still touched base, but, like, I was just moving on and looking elsewhere. And, and my time was spent literally constantly in the student radio office, like, with my, well, my friends now, now, my my colleagues. I work alongside a lot of people who I met through student radio back then. Um, and, yeah, I, I was so, like, focused, like, doing a different project, like, every few weeks, like, started putting on nights, started DJing, started putting out mixes, started putting out my shows, like mm. doing as much as possible and building everything. And um, I don't regret that because that is literally the foundation to everything that's happening now. And and I'm really happy I did an English degree though. Like i again, have really good friends there. Mm. I made through English Lit. I learned a lot. I read, shouldn't, I should have read more books, but I read some great books. And I do think the skills I learned, like communication, mm. reading, writing, I write a lot now. Um, sort of more in a journalistic way, but it all that was a really helpful degree, so I'm glad I did it. But mm. but
0: yeah. you were trapped in a loveless marriage. It was, trapped and you were in a loveless cheating marriage. on English with being a DJ. Yeah, if, but yeah. Uh, somehow I don't know how you, <laughs> what you call that. Yeah. But that's great. So so when did you when did you first like did did you ever like have a Dex, or did you like buy one?
1: Yeah. So what happened? Um, again, student radio can't can't stop bragging about it, I loved it, um, that we had decks there, so I used those initially, like just to figure out what it all looked like, mm. you know how to mix basically, and then I got a tiny pioneer controller, it was bright blue, um my dad was very kind and got me on for Christmas. And that was what I started to learn. Just a little controller plugs into your laptop. That's how a lot of people start DJing, if you can get your hands on one. And then just learn literally on the job, like house parties. Yeah. remember my first gig, I played with my friend Mo. He kind of taught me to, to DJ. And... Um, it was a, it was like for this big charity event again at uni, and it was like eight hundred people there, and I was like, can I even mix yet? But I just gave it a go, <laughs> and it was fine. And it's it, again, it's like that putting you out of your comfort zone. I mm. think for anything really, but particularly DJing, once you start actually playing in front of people, and get break through the fear and just do it with confidence, just have faith in what you're doing, then I think you can sort of start to get somewhere with it.
0: Yeah. God, see, I'm the only one in my flat that doesn't DJ. we have got a huge deck in the learn. kitchen. They've you should bu- learn. Your next guest. I I've, I've tried, but it's like it's their thing now, and I can't get involved. Okay. It's like they're always on the decks. We built the DJ console before we built our kitchen table. Wow. So we yeah, for a while we were eating on the floor, but we were I mean, we were playing some some proper tunes. Um, well, I, I've got to ask you like, what's what's been the proudest moment for you? like so far in your kind of DJing broadcasting career?
1: Um, I guess, I think for me a real turning point in everything was actually last year um, when I DJed at Cafe Mambo for Radio One in Ibiza. Um, I did did it again this year for them and Ibiza at Ibiza Rocks literally a few weeks ago which was really fun but last year I think for me felt like a real defining moment like in my career and sort of being trusted by Radio 1 to do that as well was felt really great and it's Cafe Mamba, like it's it's such an iconic place and it was so beautiful the sun was shining there was so many people there and it it just really made me believe in myself a lot more and like that was sort of last August twenty eighteen. And then from that, like a lot of stuff sort of came off the back of that and it's yeah, it really helped me.
0: Beefer. Yeah. Love that. I thought okay. you were gonna say being on BBC Bite Size. Uh
1: that was that was great too. <laughs> that was great too. Surely that's your yep. greatest achievement, yep, being on that BBC was Bite fun. Size. Yep.
0: I can't believe it. What an honour. No, yeah, big no, up bite size. No, of course. No mm. look, cafe member sounds like a much, much greater achievement. <laughs> That was that was quite funny when I saw you on
1: that. Yeah, I mean, at first I didn't really know what they were filming me for. It was like <laughs> I was at like Astonbury, um, working on the introducing stage, and they're like, "Can we film you for this?" They didn't really explain it very well, and I, I, maybe I just didn't hear them say "bite size." Um, and they made this little film, which was cute, but also actually really, um, I think, would be quite inspiring to any young people who are thinking about getting into music and media. Because again, when I was like. I don't know, fourteen, fifteen. I didn't have a clue that these jobs existed, and I think I probably would have got into doing radio a lot sooner if right. I had been aware.
0: And when did you come up with with your name? My name. Yeah. When did you come up with Jaguar?
1: Um, Birth. That's my actual name.
0: That's your. it's your real name. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, oh, yeah. fair enough. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that was, it's
1: okay. Um, You'd be surprised most people me that name. question. Really? Oh, it's my real name. That's
0: name a, B- a sick name.
1: Yeah, thanks. I that that is just so cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, named after the cat, not the car, just so you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's more classy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, do you, I? Because I was I was thinking about people people come up with DJ names and stuff, and people try and project like their own personality mm-hmm. into being a DJ. Like, do you, like do you think personality plays a big part in 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 being a DJ? Because I feel like. I I feel like a lot of DJs I know will either they'll take themselves really seriously or they'll go the other way and be really really goofy. Yeah. There's no like in between. You can't be like a normal person.
1: Yeah, it's it's an interesting question. And again, with the way the world's going with like social media and being like a brand for you know, for whatever you do, you kind of need to think about it. Um like I think personality can play a lot into it I think if you want to sort of sell yourself in a sense and I think you kind of do want to reach as many people as possible so there is a bit of that um and yeah like some people are super serious in this scene I think and it it, it, you know it is people really care about I really care about I'm sure you really care about music and the things you're playing and listening to like it is an important thing um but I think when people are like super like have you you had like techno twitter like the people who are on
0: technical Oh Twitter. yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: They're just really annoying and like they everything is so serious. Someone steps out of line and that's <laughs> it, they're cancelled. And I think that's just really like why would you live your life like that? It's like at the end of the day, Dank is great and it is fun and it is makes people happy and it's a whole scene, it's a whole culture. But like at the end of the day it is just like playing music. Like there are more important things in life I think like out there, not belittling what I do, what anyone else mm. does, but I think when people are so in their little bubble, it is a bit like I kind of feel like saying, like, come on, let's just—I feel that—let's just—I feel that—be humans here.
0: What's what's what is what is more important to you than DJing? Like, what 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 matters to you?
1: So for me, like everything I do, I kind of have sort of a, a personal mission. So. So Things I'm really passionate about is, you know, equality, um, like diversity with for like genders and people of different backgrounds and ethnicities. Like, I've, everything I do, I want to sort of feed into my like wider narrative. Because again, like DJing, it can be used as a, a platform to create change. Mm. Like a lot of things can, music can, literature can, art can. Um, so that's sort of what I'm trying to... To do and you know even with the lineups I play I want I I want to live in a world one day where we don't have to talk about gender diversity on lineups we don't have to talk about all the stuff which sometimes people probably think well why is she banging on that on about that again but I think it's necessary in a lot of ways.
0: Oh, definitely I like yeah I like that yeah I like the idea of you, we don't have to talk about diversity on a lineup because it's so, like hmm. such a big elephant in the room like yeah. I, and you were on a panel recently, weren't you, um, for Gay Times?
1: Yes, yes. What so, was that like? That was cool. What was that for? That was Pride, London Pride. They did a bunch of stuff. One of them, yeah, one of them was a panel in London at the W Hotel, and that was what was it called? Um, how LGBT DJs are challenging the status quo, I think, or something like that. Um, and yeah that was cool That again that's really in, in line with my values like as an LGBT DJ I think it's important to like use your platform um, to have a voice for other LGBT people and again I think representation in music and of course the wider world is really important like it's so depressing when you look out and it's like a lineup full of like straight white dudes and it's just like it's great for them but in mm. terms of In terms of if you want to live in, a if you want to like play a lineup, a play club that reflects the world you want to live in, you need to sort of think about including everyone. I think inclusivity is something that's really important to me. Um, And yeah, that panel was sick. It was had Luke Howard from Horsemeat Disco on there. um, And who else was on there? Can't remember, but I learned a lot on that panel and it was just really inspiring as well to be around people who, do a similar thing to you and sort of mm. learning from the wise owls and also coming up of new ideas and yeah, I, I love stuff like that. I think it's really important.
0: Yeah, we have a we have a, it's a similar kind of thing. And, uh, I'm a comic, like I, we have the same thing on lineups mm-hmm. uh, with comedians. Yeah, where sure. People are people are very concerned about. Well, people people aren't really as concerned as they should be, but people want more diversity on lineups mm. and it's it's just such it's such an important thing because like just for the sake of variety like on a lineup in in styles cuz when you when you have a lot of the same when you when you do have i mean i'm speaking as a straight white guy here but when you do have a lot of straight white guys it's like there's no variety in what people are saying sometimes and
1: i think that's it i think in order to get a truly like what's the word like I think even just like an an interesting format for something, or mm. it's it's just more interesting to hear from a bunch of different people, and it's and it's I think it's lazy when it's just the same type of person talking about the same sort of thing. Yeah, um, I'm not saying the people on those on the in in those positions shouldn't be. Then of course, of course, do your thing. But it's like the people in charge of curating, whatever that may be, a panel or a lineup or. A film or whatever, like it—it it just takes a bit more effort to try and, yeah, reflect the world we live in, I guess.
0: Yeah, especially when a field is like, a field is so dominated. Do you feel like DJing is is particularly dominated by like straight white guys?
1: Um. In yes and no, like I do feel, and I want to have a real positive on this. Like I do feel really fortunate that I think now is a really good time to be not a straight white DJ because I think now there's so many women coming through and female identifying DJs and people of colour coming through especially at an entry level like loads of my friends most of my friends are female DJs which is great That's nice. um, and also um, at a top tier we do have people now like Black Madonna uh, Honey Dijon Nastia Peggy Goo like we have these top tier DJs who are different and are people that I can relate to as a woman or and I, I do think that's really exciting but I think for them the journey has been a lot different whereas now I feel so fortunate that I can sort of look around and reach out to people and, and they reach back and I think there's a really nice network um, at the moment so I think it's looking good yeah
0: fantastic I love that I love I love to hear some positivity looking forward I'm a really positive person that's so. great I, I I get that I, re, I really like that your name is um, your name on everything is Jaguar Worldwide yeah I'm trying to be Finlay Worldwide. I think that's great. Is that your real surname as well? Uh, sadly not. Sadly <laughs>
1: not. Uh, it's because I'm going to take over the world. So oh, that's really? why.
0: You're, gonna, you're actually going to take over the world? Yeah. How are you going to do that?
1: So my long-time goals.
0: Uh, that's, that sounds pretty scary when you put it like no, that. No,
1: in like a dictator way. No, I'm just... I, I, I think it just... I mean, at the time just looking, I was just looking for a URL that wasn't taken because Jaguar cars literally have... <laughs> Every single one, so and I couldn't just be Jaguar because I'm not going to buy out Jaguar. Cars. So I went for Jaguar Worldwide, but actually, yeah, I'm just gonna it's on a, a journey. It's a it's a journey to global success. Let's call it that.
0: Love that. Has that has that Jaguar like car association? <laughs> Like, bitten you a lot in the past or something?
1: Oh No, it's just annoying, especially now. I get tagged literally every week in, like, a car post on Twitter (laughs) and Instagram. It happens a lot more. I don't know what's happened in the last, like, few months, but it happens all the time. So I normally reply to people being like, I'm not a car. I'm oh, sorry.
0: (laughs) Would you ever get a Jaguar?
1: Yeah, I mean, I can't even drive, but when I do learn to drive, I will get a Jaguar because hopefully one day I'll be able to afford one. (laughs)
0: Do American people pronounce your name Jaguar?
1: Yeah, they do. So I went. I played a gig in Texas in Austin, I went to South by Southwest, um, which is a festival out there. And yeah, they all were like, Jaguar, Jaguar. And I was like, what? <laughs> Sorry? That's, That's fun. it's cute.
0: Yeah, people pronounce my name. My name's Finlay. Finlay. But people, like the normal is Finlee, right? Mm. So people, people think I'm trying to be difficult because my name is Finlay. <laughs> Where's your name choose. from? It's Scottish okay? thing yeah. It's you know it's a Scottish name. My name's Finlay Christie. It's just two surnames. It's <laughs> the most Celtic thing ever just two wow, surnames like proper um what's your what's your surname?
1: Um I like to give the illusion that I just have one name like Beyoncé, Madonna, Jaguar. But
0: you do have a surname, Carmen? Right? Keeping it DL. Yeah. Okay, I understand. I understand. <laughs> so um other than other than music, like what do you what do you like to do in your spare time? So I know that's an annoying question. It is an annoying question. So and so busy. I ask
1: myself this question most days. What do I actually do when I'm not like, listening to music, working, finding new stuff? Um, I have actually got back into reading. So it's been a slow process. Mm. Again, with the degree, I kind of got, te- like I was just didn't really want to read afterwards just because I did so much at uni. But yeah, I've kind of got back into reading and I'm found a of quite some interesting books that i've been like actually finishing which again takes a bit of time. Um I don't know like i like to go for runs and walks. <laughs> um i like going out for dinner. I don't know if that's a hobby, but i severely like eating new foods.
0: I like that.
1: Um, I like traveling.
0: Yeah. But well, yeah, tra-
1: trying new food is like a big big thing for me.
0: What's like your favorite cuisine? Uh
1: i have a lot, I love fresh seafood, because I'm from the Channel Islands, which is, have you heard of like Jersey or Guernsey? Mm, of
0: course. Yeah,
1: so I'm from a small island called Alderney, which is near Guernsey. Um, but I grew up there, so I grew up with a lot of seafood, like, ma- like even just mackerel fishing was a big part of my childhood, and eating like mussels, and yeah, so I love seafood, I love Japanese
0: food, I love Italian food,
1: I love a lot of food basically.
0: Right. What was that like growing up on a on a little island? Um,
1: yeah, it was interesting. Um, my dad still lives there, so I go back as often as I can. There's like two thousand people there. Um wow. it's very small, but it is cool because when I was younger, well, when I was like really young, it's just like a really safe, lovely place to you know bring up your kids, and there's really nice beaches. I would say the best beaches in the UK. You want to check
0: out some nice features. You but, heard it. Yep. You heard it here first. I don't uh, think anyone's ever. Yeah. I don't think I've, it's a I've big ever claim. Award. I know, like, but no Alderney. one knows
1: about it, which is even better. Sweet. Um But the most interesting bit, I think, well, and what is was quite key to making me who I am, was um we have all these World War II bunkers built by the Germans when it was occupied. Um, back in the day, and we have these little, like, raves in them called bunker parties. Oh, my
0: God. I was going to let you explain. I was uh, like, <laughs> uh, yeah, we had these Yeah, there's bunkers. a point to this. They made me who I am. Yeah.
1: Um My and God when yeah I think I so I always it was always like oh the bunker party's happening and then when I was 14 I snuck out with my friend we went to a bunker party they are probably paying like happy hardcore I don't even remember <laughs> drank so much vodka out my little water bottle but um, <laughs> yeah and so those bunkers were like a really big part of falling in love with like going out and dance music and club culture really those were my first you know my first encounters with anything like that and to this day I Still, I, I dj a couple in the last few years, which was really special.
0: That's great. Um, I really want to yeah. go to Alderney now. Yeah, you should. It's got great beaches, yep. it's got bunker raves. Yep. Do you ever have parties on the beaches?
1: Um, So I never used to have like gatherings, but they made this like law that you couldn't play loud music or I don't know. I was never that adventurous with it.
0: Like old people. Beaches. Yeah, we'd
1: like hang out, but we never had like a proper party on the beach. Back in the day, people did, but. Mm. The laws and stuff now.
0: How do you get to and from Alderney?
1: Um, you can get a very small plane from Southampton.
0: No way <laughs> to
1: Alderney yeah
0: I see. I'm scared of small planes. I wouldn't okay, do I don't that. know if
1: you'd like it, bit
0: you can. You, know, you can get a hovercraft to the uh out of white Yeah,
1: yeah, it's a bit further.
0: Why can't you get ho- hovercraft? I Aldenie? wish you could.
1: Honestly, it's so annoying to get to, and it's like, for what it is, it's like a forty-five minute flight, and it costs like you could oh, yeah it's not, it's, is it worth it mm. you
0: can get to Amsterdam maybe. yeah maybe go to Amsterdam, <laughs> Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> wow that's so interesting see I've, n- I've never met did you know everyone on the island
1: um yeah like uh, it's a bit different now because I don't really live there and I haven't for years but mm. yeah I, I, I recognise that even now I recognise a lot of people my dad is quite a renowned person there because he used to own the garden centre there and he has a little gardening business so he knows everyone um so yeah it's it's such a really really friendly place and it's interesting because I I had this I had a chat with my friend who's from there the other day and I was like we were like imagine our lives if we never left Alderney (laughs) and it (laughs) would have been quite different I think.
0: I see it It makes sense that your dad runs a garden centre because the first thing you did was come in and comment on the the foliage on the wall. Is your house full of plants?
1: Um... Yeah, we've got a lot of flowers. Actually, my dad keeps the garden quite nice. Nice.
0: So then, the first time that you that you you were living on the mainland, yeah, was that when you went to Leeds?
1: No, no. Okay. Um, so I came to the mainland for
0: the first time. <laughs> Shouldn't have called it that. Um, no, I
1: was ten. I it's, actually, not <laughs> no, it's not China. No, it's. I was because um, the schools aren't amazing in ordinary. So my parents decided to send me to boarding school when I was ten. Okay in sort of Hampshire, Dorset area. Um, So yeah, I'm aware, I I didn't just like suddenly move to Leeds or even now people are like, you live in London now? That's so far from Alderney. And I'm like, (laughs) no, it's not quite how it happened. Um, So yeah, so I've been like out and about since I was 10.
0: Fair enough. Mm. See, Leeds to me is like the ultimate party union. Oh yeah. Like. We, UCL we have nothing, we have nothing But like you're in that. London,
1: like London's...
0: Yeah, people don't want to do stuff. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe I just have boring friends, but...
1: To be fair, I think I applied to UCL, I didn't get an offer, not even better, because I didn't really be. like the idea of going to London and uni, uh, wait, uni in London, sorry. Right. I didn't like the idea of that because I always wanted to move to London later on, but it did feel a bit like it was too much. I don't know if you feel that way. It's, it could yeah. be wrong. Could be completely. No, wrong. no,
0: no. You're completely right. It, it's it's different. I feel like there's campus unis mm. and then there's there's like city unis and then there's London uni and it's just a completely different yeah, thing. Yeah, I bet. I bet. it's just like <sighs> it's. I see. I can't really slag off UCL, can I? <laughs> I, <hope> I.
1: <laughs> we love UCL.
0: Yeah, we stand UCL. Mm. We love UCL. I should I should stop uh, talking nonsense. But lots of people love UCL. But uh, and uh, to be honest, I'm glad I'm in London so I can actually do stuff mm-hmm. like. fun. Bon. Like this. Yeah, exactly, mm. exactly. It's it's not it's not like a unique city. Like yeah, <laughs> but
1: I, I would say like Leeds for me was, again, it was so important in my like personal development and because it is a lot smaller than say London, the see especially the like DIY scene there and music is incredible. There's so many little club nights, little collectives mm. like. There's so much going on there. Even when I go back now, it's been I've graduated like three years ago now, but even when I go back now, like things are always progressing or growing. There's so much going on there. It's actually crazy, and I think that's what really excited me about Leeds, um, yeah. and I love going back. I'm going back tomorrow.
0: Nice. You yeah. do you doing DJ stuff aren't Uh
1: there? Leeds Festival?
0: Of course. Yeah. Oh my god. I know. So exciting. Yeah. What's your favorite? How many? Like what festivals have you? Played so far, like
1: what Um, what have I done? What this year, or what have I done this year? (laughs) I actually don't know. Um, In fact, I kicked off festival season with um, Lost and Found, which is Animax Festival in Mm -hmm. Malta, and that was sick. That was a really good experience because I went to it two years ago, had my 22nd birthday in the rave, and then two years later this year I played. I did like four different sets, like beach parties, pool parties on the main stages. And it was, it was just an amazing experience and I was so happy to be there. And it, it also meant a lot because I loved it when I went as a punter and I don't think I would have imagined playing it two years later. So it was, yeah, it was special. It's crazy. Yeah.
0: Is it your favorite festival?
1: Um, It's up there, Glastonbury. Oh yeah, Glastonbury has to be like, it. it's just one of the best festivals in the world, it's like a its own world, isn't it? It's, it's have you no, been?
0: I've never been Glasgow. Okay, anywhere, no. it's
1: it's like its own world. I'm sure people have told you that. Like it, just the sheer no, I don't want to go size of it yeah. is insane. And I did three sets there this year, which again were just so much fun. Yeah.
0: Wicked, Do you have a favorite club?
1: Um, yes, I. In London, I love Phonox just because it's really dark (laughs) and the lights are sick and the sound's sick and back when High did her residency I'd always go because I do my show represent which is like across the road in in Brixton so then I would just run across to Phonox and I'd literally go there like every weekend Um, and it's, yeah, that club has a lot of lovely memories for me.
0: I like Phonox.
1: Mm. What's your favourite club?
0: My favourite club... Oh my God. See... Don't go to clubs that much these days
1: because mm-hmm. you're studying.
0: That's right. Because I'm <laughs> I'm doing gigs and stuff, and I'm just knackered afterwards. And I don't want to go out. And also, it's just London. It's just oh my god. Yeah. You know, get on the tube. That's to go the thing.
1: There. Like, it just just being here is tiring in London.
0: Yeah, it's tiring. <laughs> yeah, a journey for for a London is nothing. If someone's like, oh, let's go to this thing that's half an hour away, everyone's like, yeah, yeah, sure. It's only half an hour away. Anywhere else? That's like what? Come, I, you know, I know. I know. Crazy. There. But uh, maybe Corsica. Cool. Is that a basic answer? No. Okay. It's a cool. good answer. See, I don't want to. I don't want to be like, oh, my favorite club in front of a proper DJ, and, and then <laughs> secretly you're laughing at me. Like. <laughs> so, what advice would you give to my three flatmates trying to make it?
1: Okay. As um. DJs? Pressure now, I guess. To find out like what you're about as an individual. This is like a a life lesson, but also like a professional lesson. Like, you know, what you stand for, what are your values, what is genuinely unique to you. Mm. Um, And I would also say, uh, what would I say? I'd say don't be afraid to reach out to people, you know, like they could be someone who's super respected in the industry. And you might think, oh, they're never going to want to talk to me or like, but you never or you want to send them a track or whatever, just, just go for it. Like, there's nothing to stop you. And the worst thing that can happen is like someone doesn't reply to your email or like, you know, you're not going to lose out. It's always worth like having that confidence to
0: mm, put yourself, out there, put yourself
1: yeah. out there. And I think, yeah, I definitely would advise that to people for sure.
0: Sweet. And yeah. to top it off, let's just hit me with what you've been listening to lately.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, what? Do you, like do you, um, producers dance music? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, um, there's a duo, there's a duo called Pool Attendant. Um, they're from Cornwall, and I literally was with them earlier. And they're sick. They make like discoy house stuff. Uh, there's a producer. Sorry, a bit snuffly. Oh no worries. There's a producer. She's from Doncaster. She's called India Jordan. Um, she's really I don't know, I find her productions really they're all really different and they're all really exciting. Um Joe nice. from Leeds called Prosper, who are kind of climbing the ranks of the dance music sort of ladder now. Um I've known them for a few years. They're yeah, they're certain playing with yeah. them tomorrow. Do you know all of these people?
0: Yeah. Do you get starstruck like me?
1: Starstruck? Uh well not Prosper I've known for a while, so no. But um like the you know bigger people, like I've done quite a lot of work with Black Madonna, and when I first met her, I was extremely starstruck, <laughs> and but she's lovely. Like she's, a, she I did a mental thing with her for Smirnoff, and it it was it was amazing, and she was so helpful, she's so sweet, and even now she's always there if I need any help or guidance. So Aww, yeah,
0: that's nice. Well, fantastic. Well, there's some people to go off and listen to uh, for our listeners. Thank you so much for coming and talking today, Jaguar. Thank Jaguani. you for having really me. really appreciate it.